morning and turn with me to the book of Psalms, Psalm 42. And we're actually going to be studying and looking at and preaching from two Psalms this morning, not only Psalm 42, but also Psalm 43. Those two Psalms are uh, linked together by a phrase, and we'll see what that phrase in here is here in just a minute. But uh, Psalm 42, we're going to stand and read the first five verses. Let's all stand together. And again, if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, please allow them to share it with you this morning. Psalm 42 and verse 1 says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I have gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the, with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I'm so thankful this morning that I have a God in whom I can put my hope. I have a God in whom I can put my trust. And there are times when we get down, there's times when we get discouraged, there's times, Lord, when uh, uh, it seems like the heavens are brass. But Father, uh, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are consistent. You are ever with us. And Lord, you are worthy of our trust and worthy of our hope. We pray, Father, that you'd encourage hearts this morning with your word. Pray, Lord, that you'd just help us to be reminded once again that we have a good God. We have a holy God. We have a righteous God in whom we can put our hope and whom we can put our trust. Bless this time together. Speak to our hearts this morning and to God strengthen our hope and our trust in you, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. As I said, these two, these two Psalms are, are linked, and they're, they're linked by a particular phrase. Verse, verse 5 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Then verses 6 through 11, at, at, in 11, again, the same question is asked, Why art thou cast down on my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. And then at the end of, of uh, chapter 43, as a short chapter, after four verses, he says in verse 5, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Uh, there are times when, when we get down, there's times when we, we wonder if it's worth living for the Lord. We wonder if, if the Christian life is really all it's, it's cracked up to be. There's times that we, uh, we get discouraged and we get troubled. We, there's times when we just get worried. We just get all tied up in knots over things that are going on in our lives. 
And this question really speaks to that. There are times when, and I have been down, I have been, uh, I have been uh, discouraged, I have felt defeated at times. Uh, and sometimes I've known exactly why, and other times I have not known why. Uh, you know, the, the question is, why art thou cast down, O my soul? That can actually be taken two ways. One is a person who knows what it is that's cast him down, but he's just reiterating the question. But secondly, it can be somebody who is down. They just don't know why they're down. And in, in, in these, these uh, two Psalms, we're going to find three different cases, three different things that have a tendency to cause us to get to this point where we're cast down. In, in verses 1 through 5, uh, that pictures a drought. That pictures dry spells in the Christian life. It starts out with, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? But notice the reason why he's panting after God. Notice, notice the reason why his tears are running, his, uh, his desire is so great. Verse 3 says, My tears have been my meat day and night, and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy days. This is, is, is someone who's going through difficulties, going through a time where the, the heavens seem to be brass. And, uh, and the, you go to your Bible, and you don't seem to be able to get much out of the Bible. Bible hasn't changed, but obviously something has inside of our hearts. And they're, they're, this person is longing for the reality of God's presence. Now, the truth of the matter is, God is with us. That we know. And we're going to see that in just a moment. But, but this is a person who is longing for that reality, wants to, wants to see that thing manifest. Dry spells are not bad things. Dry spells are good things. Can I tell you why? Because that's what turns us into verse 1. As a heart panteth after the water brook, uh, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. When we get complacent, when we don't care, when, when, we, when we get maybe just kind of used to God always blessing us and taking care of us, there are times I'm convinced where God just lifts his hand and just lets it go dry for a while. Uh, let's the prayers not be answered for a short period of time. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't answer prayer. I'm not saying that at all. But there are times he delays those answers just so that we can long, and not long after the answers, but long, long after him. In, in verse 2, it says, My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Uh, dry spells cause us to uh, long after, after God working in our lives, seeing his hand and being able to, to, to see him visibly. God seemed far away from, from the psalmist. 
and the psalmist needed to see God up close and personal. Uh, God, God is always near, and we know that. Take your Bibles, and this is a, this is a blessing. You got we've got verses that that state this not only in the New Testament but in the Old Testament. Go to Isaiah forty-one. Isaiah forty-one. In Isaiah 41, look down at verse 10. Isaiah 41, verse 10. It says, fear, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. The beginning of that verse says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. That was God just calming the heart of Isaiah. Uh, go with me over to Hebrews 13. Hebrews chapter 13. In Hebrews 13, look, look in verse 6. Hebrews 13, 6. It says, So that we may say, we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have... Uh, that's not the one I'm looking for. I'm looking for 13.5, the one just before it. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For, the, for, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now that's a promise that you can cling to. There may be times when your spirit is low. There may be times when your heart is discouraged. But there is never a time, if you're a child of God, if you've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, if you've, you've come to a point where you realize you were a sinner on your way to hell, and the only way you could go to heaven is by trusting Him and Him alone. You called out to God to be your Savior and to forgive you of all your sins and give you eternal life. If, if you have done that, if you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, He says that when He comes to us, after he comes to us, he will never leave us, and he will never forsake us. He will, he will, he will never turn his back on us. And that's, that's a blessing. God is always near. Just sometimes we don't recognize it. Then you look down in verse 4, and it says, When I remember these, these things, I pour out my, my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the joy uh, with a voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept holy day. Uh, in, in verse 4, he's remembering some things. He's, he's remembering the tears and he's remembering the gainsayers, uh, those that, that said to him, where is your God? Uh, you know, if you've been saved for very long, you've heard that from lost people. Uh, you've, you've heard people say, well, if, if there really is a God, why does he allow? If there really is a God, why did such and such happen? Uh, the truth of the matter is, is that God is, is always here. He's always with us. And when we remember those times when the gainsayers have spoken, when the tears have flowed, it causes us to pour out our soul. I noticed something, though, interesting that it says in verse 4, it says, When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. In me. 
That's just somebody kind of dumping on themselves is really what it is. And that's, that's not the answer. The answer is not to internalize your problems, but to externalize your problems by crying out to God. And, and the, the thing that, 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 that gets us through the dry spells is crying out to God because we know that we have a God who is a living God. The, in verse 4, he's, re, he's also remembering better days. And uh, in, in remembering those better days shouldn't cause us to get discouraged. The truth of the matter is, life goes in cycles. You've got good days, you've got bad days, you've got, you've got good months, you've got bad months. Sometimes you've got good years, you've got bad years. This might be one of those bad years. But uh, uh, the, the, the truth is, is just simply this, is that whether it's the good or the bad, uh, remember that your God is always with you because he's alive. Your God is always present and your God will take care of you. Um, remembering those better days, th that gives you hope. You say, well, I remember when it used to be like, well, it can be like that again. So if God could do that for you then, what can he do for you now? Now, it may not be in the exact same form. But God wants to be a blessing and wants to be a help. And then verse 5, he says, Why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. We need to, the answer to the whole thing is to hope in God, praise him. Praise him for who he is. He is the living God. And we go down to verses 6 through 11. It says, Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me, therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the, of the Hermonites, from the hill Mizar. <clears throat> deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me, yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me in my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me, while they, while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. In this, this particular part of the, of the psalm, he's, he's picturing a storm, and he's in the midst of a storm. He's overwhelmed by it. Verse 7, deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Have you ever felt like you're right in the middle of a, of a situation that was totally out of your control, and you were being overwhelmed by the circumstances? Well, that's, that's the thing that he's picturing here, and he's saying that it, it is cast down his soul. But in verse 8, he says this. He says, yet, yet, yet the, the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the, unto the God of my life. He calls him the God of my life. In storms, we realize that God is over every aspect of life. He is sovereign over my circumstances. He is sovereign over my difficulties. 
He is sovereign over the things that, that take place, so there's got to be a reason for it. And he wants us to hope in him, and he wants us to trust in him. In verse 9, he says, God is my rock. You know, again, there are times, and it's, it's been that way pretty much this last year, uh, so far from, from uh, January 1st right on down. Uh, it didn't really hit in January, but it hit in about March. And, uh, and things have been topsy-turvy. I don't like that. You know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. They're probably one of the, the biggest problems I have with uh, the, the, the whole mask thing, it's different. It's change. I don't like change. I, I don't like going into Walmart in the grocery entrance. I always go into Walmart in the pharmacy entrance. I don't want to go into Walmart in the grocery entrance and go all the way. I just don't like change. Now, you know what? I bet, I bet I'm looking at a whole bunch of folks that would agree with me and say a hearty amen. You probably don't care for it either. You know, that's really the biggest problem that we have with all that kind of stuff. Uh, this summer has been a uh, rough summer for me as far as when I'm preaching. As you can see, I am sweating like a hog. I hate that. I just, I, 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 don't, I don't enjoy it. Why? Because there's one more thing that, that has to distract me while I'm trying to get out the Word of God, and it's, it drives me right up a wall. Uh, it's a change. By the way, uh, just to let you know, those of you that are younger, change is coming. Change is coming, okay? And it's, a, it's, it's coming down the road for you. And uh, uh, one of the things that has been such a blessing to me during all this time is to know that even though circumstances around me have changed and a lot of, a lot of things that we do we can't, we can't take for granted anymore, uh, you got a God who hasn't changed. you got a God who's solid. you got a God who's a rock. By the way, Peter never was a rock. <laughs> in, case you, in case you haven't figured that out from Scripture, he never was a rock. And the, the Pope is never a rock. But I'll tell you what, my Lord Jesus Christ is a rock. He's a rock. And he's sure and he's unchanging. And that's good to know in uncertain times. The times may change, but our God never changes. And down in verse 10, it says, as with a, a sword in my as with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me, while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Uh, in, in, in these times, others believe God has abandoned them. They believe that God has abandoned you. Uh, but that's not true. We know that He'll never leave us, we know He'll never forsake us, and we know He's steadfast, He's unmovable. He's, he's a, a God who, who never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then, then verse 11, again, the answer, this, this is the same answer. The answer is hope in God and praise him for who he is. Who is he? Well, he's my life and he's my rock. By the way, just a question to you. Is Christ really your life or is he just kind of an add-on? You know, this is something that I have to, I have to examine myself on a regular basis. It's so easy to just make living for God and God himself in your life an add-on rather than the central figure of your life, the central focus of your life. And, and 
honestly, I think the, the, the uh, storms come, the dry spells come, so that we can get refocused because oftentimes, I found this in my life, okay? I'm not speaking for you, I'm speaking for me. When the dry spells come, when the storms come, most of the time, my focus has turned. Most of the time, God's trying to get a hold of me and say, look, you've got to focus on me. You've got to make me your everything. Christ, uh, or, uh, Paul said about Jesus Christ, he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. In other words, he's saying everything that he did revolved around the person of Jesus Christ in, in his life. Then the third thing that we see, the third picture is given in, in uh, Psalm 43, verses 1 through 5. It says, Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? O send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God my God. Why art thou, dis why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. This picture is... Uh, a, the, the psalmist living in an ungodly nation. Can you relate to that? We're in an ungodly nation. I, I, you know, I know our, our nation has Christian roots. I know our nation uh, has, uh, has biblical foundations, but those foundations are being eroded. They're being destroyed. One of the founding fathers, and I can't remember which one it, what it is, which one it is right now, made the comment. He said something to this effect: that uh, that American government was designed for a moral people, and when that morality is is been eroded, then the whole foundation of the nation is is shot, and that's exactly what we're seeing today. What do you do when you're stuck? In an, in an ungodly nation, in an ungodly situation. Um, I, know what, I know what a lot of people think. They think, well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to run. <laughs> you know, you can't run from that stuff. You, you go from point A to point B, and pretty soon point B turns sour. Then you go to point C, and point C turns sour. What, what is it that we're supposed to do when we're caught in that situation? Look in verse 1. It says, Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust men. Now, he's in an ungodly nation. He's in Israel, and Israel is not doing right at the time the psalmist wrote this. What do you do? First thing you do is not criticize your government. First thing you do, do is not point to all the ungodly as being the problem. The very first thing you do is you cry out to God and you say, God, judge me. If we don't have a heart right with God, if we don't have a fervency for the Lord, 
What in the world can God do as far as turning this nation around? I believe this, and I believe this with all my heart. If Christians, if we as Christians, not, and I'm not talking about other people, I'm talking about you and me. If we just get our hearts turned around and get it turned in the right, right direction and be, be red hot for Jesus Christ, then I think we could have a real impact in this country. We could have a real impact in this state. We could have a real impact in this city. But it starts with us. And listen, if nobody else follows, at least you could say, hey, listen, Lord, I did my part. Uh, I made sure that my heart was right. You know, before you can pray for, for revival to come to a nation or to a state or to a church, a city or a church or a family, you've got to start with you. You don't start with somebody else. We always like to say, you know, in our, in our minds, well, so-and-so just got their heart right, then things would be better. How about you and I making sure that our hearts are right? And the psalmist is saying, judge me, O God. He's dealing with his sin first. And then in, in verse 2, he says, for thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? And again, one of the reasons why I believe that God weakens us, whether it be physically, whether it be financially, whether it be just inundating us with problems, he allows those things to come on purpose. So we realize that we are not the strength. You know, you start thinking that you're strong, and all of a sudden, some, something comes down the pipe that you can't handle. That's not necessarily a bad thing. That's a good thing. Because it makes you and I realize that it's not our strength and it's not our power. And it's not, it's certainly not our wisdom. I can't tell you the number of, of times I've been in this situation and I've, I've seen other people in a situation where, where uh, they had to get some direction from God because they didn't have a clue what in the world they should do. Again, that's not a bad thing. That's, that's a, a place where we come to realize that, listen, it's not by, by our strength, it's not by our might, it's not by our own personal wisdom. It's by the strength and the might and the wisdom of God that we get through it. And, and in verse 2, he says, he calls himself, he calls his God the God of my strength. And, and that just tells us that God is our protector. God is our, our defense. You know, uh, uh, the verse that God has brought through my mind oftentimes through these past few months is safety is of the Lord. Now listen, I'm thankful as far as I know so far, there's not been one person in our congregation that uh, has gotten the coronavirus. And I'm thankful. Now, that doesn't mean it'll continue that way. Somebody could end up getting it. I understand that. Uh, but, but, the, but the point is, is that we need to realize that our, 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 our strength and our safety and our health is not in our hands. Yes, we need, to, we need to be circumspect. We need to do the things that we should do. But safety in the long run is in the hand of God. And uh, in an ungodly nation, what we need is we need proper guidance. Look down in verse 3. It says, Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. 
talks about, talks about light and it talks about his truth. The Bible says, the, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Jesus said in his prayer to the Father just before he went to the cross, sanctify them, meaning his disciples, through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Down in verse 4, he says, Then I will go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. He calls, he calls God, the, God my exceeding joy. You know, one of the... One of the things you learn as a Christian after you've, after you've trusted Christ as Savior, and I, I don't know if, if any of you folks have gone through this experience, but I know I have. And after I got saved, I tried to go back to the world to get joy. I tried to go back to the world to get peace. And what I found was there was no joy there. There was, well, I should have figured that out because there wasn't any there before I got saved. There certainly wasn't going to be any there after I got saved. But, but uh, uh, when you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, there's only one place you're going to find joy. And that's in Him and spending time with Him in prayer, spending time with Him in the word. Down in verse 5 again says, Why art thou cast down on my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. You notice something in, in uh, chapter 42 and verses 5 and 11, and then in 43 and verse 5. The, the last two references in verse 11 of 42 and verse 5 of uh, Psalm 43, you notice he adds a phrase. He adds a phrase. In, in uh, uh, 42.5, he says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. You get down to verse 11. And he says in the end of the verse, For I shall yet praise him who is the help of my countenance and my God. You know, uh, when you go through dry spells, when you go through storms, when you're caught right in the middle of, uh, of being in an ungodly nation, and you get discouraged and you get down, you're not going to get out of it until God becomes your God. You know, it's, 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 it's great that preachers got a God. It's great that the deacons have a God. It's great that our Sunday school teachers and children's workers have a God. It's great that your father and mother have a God, if they do. And, and, and all those things are good, but it doesn't really count until God becomes Yours. Now, I'm not talking about just getting saved. I realize when you get saved, God is your God. But I'm talking about in your heart and your perspective in your life. God has to become your God. And the answer is hope in God. Hope in God. Place your confidence in him. Place your, your trust in him with absolute confidence. Um, you know, one of the things that will help you, is looking back and seeing what God has done for you in the past. You know, I'm, I'm amazed as, as Christians, we have a tendency to be ext extremely fickle and extremely forgetful. We go through a difficulty and we forget 
that some time ago, God took care of a difficulty very, very similar to that. And we, you know, when he did, we rejoiced and we were happy and we were glad in the Lord. Uh, you know, we, we, we praised him and, and we're thankful for what he did and for his strength. We saw his hand. Now you're in, in another situation. Maybe it's a little bit more difficult, but it's the same type of situation. And then we throw up our hands and we say, uh, you know, uh, I believe that God has left me. God, well, why, why hast thou forsaken me? God hasn't forsaken you at all. He's with you. Uh, we have just lost our hope and our trust in him. We need to trust in him and be confident with expectation of him and believe that he, he'll come through. Um, he, is a, he is the only true source of real hope. You know, you, you hear people talk about peace and you hear people talk about hope and you hear people talk about all these, all these ideals that they have. There is no peace and there is no hope outside of God. And, and uh, we need to, to come back to that strong, unmovable, always abounding hope in our Savior. There's five descriptions that we went that we looked at when we went through uh, both of these psalms, and these these are five descriptions uh, of of God that give us hope. First one was He's a living God. He's not He's not dead. He's alive. And if He's alive, that means He's interested. He's interested in you. He's interested in your circumstances. He's interested in your situation. Second one is He's the God of my life. That's what He needs to become. He needs to become the God of my life, not just my, the God of church and not just the God of my devotions, but the God of my life. And then thirdly, he, he's God my rock. He, he is not going anywhere. Uh, I, can, I can attach my hopes to him and be certain that they're not going to change, certain that they're not going to vary, certain that they're not going to fluctuate. And then the fourth is he's the God of my strength. I, I have no strength in and of myself. Uh, when, when, the, when, the, when the troubles come, listen, have you ever, ever thought about just how, how little it would take to put you into utter bankruptcy? Have you ever thought about what little it would take to just take all of your health away from you? I, it could happen. I've watched it happen to people. And, and when, when you see those things, whether they've happened to you personally or not, you've seen those things, you realize, man, I, I have no strength in and of myself at all. I can't fight that stuff. Uh, I, I can't, I, I, I don't have the strength to battle those things. But God is your strength. And then last of all, God is my exceeding joy. Is that true of you? Is God, God your living God? Is God the God of your life? Is God your rock? Is God your strength and is God your exceeding joy? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you this morning for being our God. Lord, uh, the things that many of our folks have gone through in the last year. They couldn't have done it and come out in the same place they're in right now 
if it wasn't for you. And there are some this morning that are right in the middle of something. There are some that maybe are shaking a little bit. There are some this morning that uh, maybe are wondering if you've forsaken them. Boy, it's good to be able to come with confidence this morning and say that uh, our God promised to never leave us and never forsake us. And regardless of how we feel, God, you are always there for us. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to hearts this morning. Maybe, maybe, uh, Lord, there's some folks that just need to renew that trust and that faith and that hope in the God whom they serve and look backwards and look at the, the wonderful things that you've done for them in the past and realize that you have not changed. There is no shadow of turning in you. And then, God, uh, maybe there's someone here this morning that has, uh, they, have, they have you in their life, but you are not their life. And boy, what a difference that makes. God, I pray that, that our desire would be that you would judge us, that you would look at us, and that we would take serious inventory of ourselves this morning. And that, uh, God, we, we would make you our life. God, bless this invitation and speak to our hearts. Give us the, the help and give us the, the confidence and give us the encouragement that we need to serve you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.